0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Statz-Guerrera. He's Loving Black. What's up, Levin?
3: Uh, Looks like the sky is up ceiling Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) enough that you're gonna spend the whole episode poo-pooing all the good stuff we heard from otas this week Uh, that's how you started
3: it's gonna be so much better on video the people listening (laughs) on podcasts gonna be like what the heck did he do i I looked looked up, up is what i did you have all
2: week to come up with something good for the intro and i literally
3: do not think about it at all and then you say something to bring it in and i go oh what do i got today yeah i
2: bet Uh, when your head hits the pillow i know that's what you're thinking about uh please rate review and follow the gold standard podcast network like and subscribe to the youtube channel become a youtube channel member it's less than three dollars a month you get custom emojis you get membership badges and when your comment comes up in the chat you get priority comment response So please, please, if you like the content that we are providing, become a member of the channel. All right, Levin. As I said, OTAs are here. Let's go. They're back on the field. Lance is throwing. Everyone's excited. New mechanics. Lance 2.0. Comeback season. Here we go. Feel free to poopoodle.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's kind of a juxtaposition for me. Like I want to be super excited. I am super excited. The Lance seemingly has fixed his issues and he's finally evolving into what we all hoped he would be, what the Niners thought he could be. My problem is, and the reason why I'm trying to temper my expectations, is because it sounds like there's a very good chance he never gets a chance to show anything. Because he could do everything perfect. He could look like a dominant, great quarterback in these OTAs, in training camp, in preseason, if Brock Purdy is healthy week one, it will not matter. He will not get an opportunity to show it. And if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt during the season, it means Lance never gets a chance and he is moved either this season or next. So, I just, it, it's hard to get super excited because there's nothing he can do in practice. And I made this point months ago. Literally nothing he can do in practice to overcome what Purdy did in actual games in the faith that Shanahan seemingly already has in Purdy. So it does not matter at all what he's doing if Purdy is back for week one and it's starting to sound like that's got a pretty good chance of happening.
2: Well, so yeah, that's the whole other part of this is that I thought it was interesting that Kyle said, hey, we're hopeful week one and there's no reason to think he won't be back week one. And then they asked Purdy about it And he was a little more standoffish. Here's what Purdy said:
3: "I feel good. Arm is feeling good. Um, So to say I'm going to be ready by this time or this time, I just, you know, we're not trying to label any kind of timeline like that. For sure, though, like that's a that's a goal, right? To um, you want to be ready for, you know, the season. And um, if that's the case, great. But um, like I said, we're just taking it one day at a time, and don't want to say anything that we regret down the road or whatever."
2: So that I thought my first thought was well the team told him not to you know like give any hard days but Kyle was out there he was the one that was saying
3: they think week one see I think you got that wrong there the team did not tell him his agent and his team and the doctors have probably advised him don't put a date on it because you might try to push yourself too hard to meet that date let it come as it's going to because if you push too hard too early you could ruin everything and your career could be over. So I would bet that's his advice from doctor is don't put a date out there. Don't have a date that you think you have to make it back by. Listen to your body, listen to the elbow and adjust based on what it is telling you once you start throwing. And it's Shanahan and Lynch who have been told, well, if everything goes right, it'll be week one. And they haven't heard anything bad yet. So they keep saying, Oh, week one still looking like it could happen. Of course, they haven't heard anything bad yet. He hasn't started throwing a yeah, football. He hasn't done anything yet. Exactly. <laughs>
2: um, but, but that's the right attitude that Brock and his people should have, by the way. He should not be in a rush to get back out there week one, especially if he has as much respect in that locker room as Kyle has said and the teammates have talked about. He should be in no rush. He should feel no pressure to come back because, like you said, the risk is just too great. Anything bad else happens to that elbow and it could be his career. He needs to protect himself. Uh, and hopefully he does that. And I'm not just saying that as somebody that wants Trey Lance to start. I want all players to be able to play, play up to their potential, and earn as much money as humanly possible because God knows they deserve it. So Brock needs to do and take care of Brock. And I know that's really hard because I'm sure he's a team first guy and all of that stuff. But he needs to do that, even if Kyle and John are saying week
3: one. It's a tough spot, I think. Honestly, for Kyle Shanahan, if it comes the way that it looks like it's coming, Brock Purdy will be ready week one, which obviously a lot of that is still to be determined. Like you said, he hasn't even started throwing. But if he is ready for week one and Lance keeps this momentum going, has a great camp, does everything that he's supposed to, and looks like the quarterback that they hoped they had when they drafted, Shanahan's kind of in a... I mean, it's a win-win and a lose-lose at the same time, depending on what angle you're looking and what part of it you want to analyze. It's a win-win because the team almost definitely is a franchise quarterback on roster. It's a lose-lose because whoever he picks, he's not necessarily screwing over the other guy, but the other guy's not getting an opportunity that they have proven they deserve. And it's just a, a rough spot to be when two people have done everything asked, you know, you know, Purdy proved it in game, and at that point, it would be Lance proved it in practice and all off season. Well, to me, games outweigh practice, and we know that's how Shanahan thinks because he's flat out said he doesn't value practice nearly as much as games. So, no, I think you got
2: that flipped. At what? least in the pre in the preseason, he values in practice. in the
3: preseason. Yes, in the preseason, but in the regular season, it, I think it's the other way. So he's going to value what what Purdy did in the you know eight games that he got in the regular season and the playoffs over anything Lance can do from here. Unless Lance gets regular season opportunities, which means Purdy's not healthy week one. And that's like, I feel bad saying it because I just want the best quarterback that the Niners can have now and in the future. You know, I kind of care a little bit more about the future than like right out of the gate. Obviously like the first eight games I don't care about is the last eight games of the season. Mm Mm-hmm. But my ideal situation is Purdy's ready to go week three. Because that gives Lance two games to prove what he can do. And if he's playing balls out, he's going to stay in that role. Until he gives reason for Kyle Shanahan to bench him. Because if he goes out there and he, you know, say he has six touchdowns, no turnovers in the first two games. There's no way you can bench him at that point.
2: Well, here's this is the interesting thing. Look at the 49ers schedule. Week one, Pittsburgh. Week two, the Rams, then they play on Thursday night football in week three, which means after that game, they have a mini bye. So, if you did want to change quarterbacks, that may be a good time for Kyle right at the mini bye with the extra, you know, if Brock is ready to go, he'll have a little more time in practice to kind of get up to speed, all of that stuff. So, it's interesting that the schedule may be a factor and it could be tough because week one is not going to be easy. The Steelers have a great defense. They are going to make it tough on anybody, whether it's Darnold or Purdy or Lance, whoever it is. There's a very good chance that the quarterback does not look spectacular after that game. So then it really comes down to week two against the Rams, whose defense stinks, and the Giants who I don't fear at all. I don't think they're, they're not bad, but they're not great either. You should be able to have your way with a team like the Giants. So it's almost like, what are they going to do in those two weeks? And then how does Kyle handle that mini buy?
3: Yeah, it's a good point. It would seem likely, I guess, because we know that Kyle changed the offense a good bit for Trey Lance and then mm-hmm. went back to the old Jimmy Garoppolo offense for Purdy because they have similar abilities. So it's a good point in that I don't think he could change over the offense to go to what Purdy is best at in a four-day 4, four day uh, break. You know th- that gives you. I think you have one day of install when you have when you have a Thursday game after a Sunday game, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like a very quick. You have a day off. You have a very very light practice with install, and then you have a walkthrough, and that's it. You know, there's only one day with light practice of actually doing install, and the rest is walkthrough. I'm pretty sure that's what the Niners have ran when they did when they had a Thursday game
2: in the past. Wait, are you you're thinking of? Before the you no know, lead right. up to the,
3: going the into the Thursday game. So that's not a good time to try to make a change because you're going to have to change the offense too right. much I to try to do that for a Thursday game. So it would seem like if Purdy can't go week one, it's going to be either Lance has one game and he's done because he could do it going into the Rams game or he's getting in three full games. Like they're not going to make the change between that. And I would think that if he starts week one, they're going to give him. At least a couple games just to know once and for all, you know, if he has truly turned the corner and become the quarterback they want, he's got to show it early. We know that at this point, unless party has some big setback, man, it is going to call it unfair, but it is what it is.
2: It's going to be so wild with this team. Like it's never boring. Even last, like last year is not a year. They're supposed to be in the NFC championship game. When you have all those quarterbacks get hurt, Debo had a massively down year compared to the year he just had. Like that is not a year where you're supposed to be playing for a Super Bowl, And yet the 49ers find a way it's never boring with this team. It's wild. And it's shaping up to be the early part of the season. It's going to be a roller coaster. That's why I'm so excited that they're back on the field. I miss it so much. We're so
3: close. You know what I'm most scared of? What situation scares me the most? It's not that, oh, Purdy and Lance both are not good enough. You know, that Purdy either takes a step back or he has some of those throws that he made last year turn into interceptions, Mm -hmm. and he has a more realistic uh, stat line, and Lance just never turns the corner. That's not the one that scares me most because I don't think it's very likely, honestly. I think one of them will be good enough. What scares me most is that Purdy's ready for week one, gets put in there, and does well enough, but isn't great. He doesn't hit the elite level, which I truly – I don't think Purdy has elite upside, honestly, which is what scares me and why I kind of want Lance to get an opportunity. But he comes in, and he does basically what he did last year, where he's playing well. He's playing maybe slightly better than Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, at the time, we were basically saying – He's doing what Jimmy Garoppolo does in the passing game, except for he said a one or two more deep passes, and he has this escapability. So sacks that destroy the drives aren't happening. Yes, and that is a pretty sizable improvement, but it's also one that's not quite as good as you hope at the quarterback position. You know, you you have to have a stacked roster to win a Super Bowl in that scenario. So I'm I'm worried that if Purdy's ready for Week One he gets in and he's plays at that level. He's never going to get replaced. And that means Lance never gets his chance, even if he has turned the corner and he has the great training camp, like I've talked about. And then Lance goes somewhere else and shows everybody, Hey, you could add an elite quarterback. And, and now you're here with the lesser of the two, because you, you can't really blame Kyle Shanahan in that scenario either. If Purdy is ready week one, I do think no matter what Lance does, he does deserve the first shot because he did it in games. So no matter what Lance does and how good he's looking, Lance or Purdy deserves the first shot if he's healthy week one. And if he's playing as well as Jimmy Garoppolo or slightly better, he's not playing bad enough that you would ever want to bench him for an unknown that is Lance.
2: Here's the thing, though, about that scenario that you played out. If Lance does go somewhere and is great, yeah, it would hurt. But it also doesn't mean that that, that the 49ers would stink, right? The 49ers right. did not draft Patrick Mahomes and then played against him in the Super right. Bowl. So, granted. Goes, the Bowl.
3: Well, but, but that's, that's but the problem. Know. That's what I'm saying. Purdy could be good enough to not get benched, but not good enough to be a difference maker that you need to win a Super Bowl except for in, you know, maybe once every 7 to 8 years there's a quarterback that is not at that level that ends up either having a ridiculous run as Niner fans know Flacco had that type of run. Flacco was never an elite quarterback, but he hit some kind of crazy mojo in the playoffs and had one of the best playoffs any quarterbacks ever had. And then turned right back into a pumpkin after that. Cause he was never the same quarterback after that. Or you just have a team, you know, you have a quarterback that plays decently and the rest of the team dominates and they end up getting into it, a Super Bowl victory, which I would say like, Uh, Ben Roethlisberger's first Super Bowl victory was in that scenario. He didn't have a great playoffs, but the rest of the team was so dominant, it didn't matter. That's
2: legitimate. And I agree. It would suck to see Lance go somewhere else. But I mean, Lance could go somewhere else and flourish and Brock Purdy could stink and the Niners could end up drafting somebody else who ends up being good. One, once Lance leaves San Francisco, he doesn't affect the 49ers any longer.
3: I know it would just suck. Like I I would absolutely, it would be one of those things that literally 20 years later, <laughs> Niner fans that were old enough to experience are still scarred by it.
2: Yeah, it would sting. Uh, and by the way, speaking of things that sting, the Chris Sims quarterback rankings are out for 2023. Not totally. He's still working his way through them, but he did rank Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy on the rankings. I don't know if you saw this, he has Sam Darnold at 27 and Brock Purdy at 26. So Brock is better than Sam in Chris Sims estimation, but not that much better.
3: Yeah, I saw it and uh, I don't know that it stings because honestly, uh, Sims track record with this ranking is not great. If we're being honest, I know he's a friend of sorts for you a work colleague of a long time, but I will say what most of us think and the, uh, he doesn't have a very good track record of this. You know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, oh, what, what quarterback was it that he had number one? in his? I know, I know he had uh, Zach Wilson, number one, but he had some other quarterback that was like a fifth round pick number two. Everybody was like,
2: well, not, not overall. You're saying from the guy, from those from guys that draft
3: class. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Desmond Ritter? I know he had something Desmond like Ritter. It was
3: something really weird that everybody was like, what, what, how? And it just, it hasn't worked out. And you, you've seen this list. Uh, we talked about it. Like he had uh, Hertz 25th last year. We, we kind of mi- talked about that a little bit before we went on air. So I don't know that it stings, but in terms of what I see, uh, I see inconsistencies. <laughs> so Sam Darnold moved up four spots based off a six-game stretch that was decent, but not great. Brock Purdy is only one spot ahead of him despite having the best eight-game start to anybody's career ever, other than, I think, Mahomes.
2: It's weird that Darnold would move up. And I, for the record, I've reached out to Chris. I'm trying to get him on because I want to ask him all this stuff. I don't want to just, you know, talk about it without him here. I love having him on. He's always been willing to come on in the past, so hopefully he joins us in the next week or so. Um, but I want to ask how Darnold managed to move up because those six games are completely, completely overblown. And I want to say this about Sam Darnold because I keep hearing the same things over and over again. People keep telling me he's got great feet. He's got a great arm. I don't know if he has great feet, but I know he gets sacked an awful lot. I don't know if he has a great arm, but I know it doesn't stop him from throwing interceptions. So you want me to stake the 49ers week to week fortunes and their season and their Super Bowl window on this faith and these potential and these skills that people assure me that Sam Darnold has, but which I have never seen. And I cannot reconcile those two things. I have never seen all these skills that he supposedly has actually equate to great quarterback or even good quarterback play on the field. And the sample is just too big now for me to believe that he's suddenly going to be anything different.
3: Here's where I think Chris Sims normally, I think what affects his rankings to where they don't do well, and maybe you'll agree with this. I think he sticks by his pre-draft idea of a quarterback too strongly. You get multiple years removed, and he's very hesitant to move up quarterbacks that he wasn't high on and very lenient with quarterbacks that he was high on. And I think the best example of that were the last two people you had on the list because the list isn't complete. And that was Kenny Pickett is still above Brock Purdy. In what world can you justify that? Both of them played as rookies and Brock Purdy was a heck of a lot better as a rookie.
2: I think, and again,
3: 100% pre-draft opinion.
2: I'm, you know, Chris can argue for himself, but he's not here. So what I think he would tell you is that if you put Kenny Pickett where Brock Purdy was, he would produce comparable numbers. That's what I think he would tell you.
3: It's possible, but I think Brock Purdy is uniquely advanced in terms of being able to process quickly and the confidence that he had as a rookie to just make any throw and say, you know, yes, sir, that's where you want me to throw it. That's where I'm going to throw it. Whereas Kenny Pickett, I think from, and I watched a lot of Pittsburgh games because I live in Pittsburgh, he, he has a different level to him. And being a first-round pick, he has an expectation of carrying the team. So he was ad-libbing a little bit more. And he was trying to take shots a lot more because that team wasn't quite good enough. T.J. Watt missed most of the season, so the defense wasn't at its normal level. So I think he felt like he had to press some. So I'm not convinced that that would translate. You know, if he came to the Niners, I think he might still try a little too much and take the deep shot a little too often and ignore the opportunities that Kyle Shanahan creates in the underneath game.
2: It's interesting to hear you say that because one of the things that Brock said this week that I absolutely loved, they asked him, like, did you go back and did you look at, you know, strengths and weaknesses and things like that? And he said one of the weaknesses he saw was that when he first got in there, he was very much stick to the plan, paint by numbers, throw it where I'm supposed to throw it, when I'm supposed to throw it. And he admitted the longer he got in there, he started getting into this habit of trying to make plays on his own and getting out of the, out of the structure of the system and how Kyle and Brian Greasy are trying to drill into him. Do not do that because we saw him get less effective as he went in there because he was ad-libbing so much instead of just sticking to the script. So I love that he was aware of that. That is awesome. And hopefully it's something he can clean up. It's not easy to train that out of a quarterback, but at
3: least he recognizes it and he's going to try. Yeah. And I mean, there is the next step coming. You know, some players, they can come in and succeed right away. And we see this in all sports, by the way. And then the opponents adjust to them. Mm-hmm. They go, this is what we've seen on film. You do really well. And this is what you're we've seen on film that you're not as good at. We're going to force you to do the things you're not as good at. Some players are capable of overcoming that and being good enough at those things that they still punish you to where, okay, now we have to play you honest. And some quarterbacks like a Nick Mullins, for instance, once they took away the inside and made him throw outside, he was incapable of overcoming that. And his career was never the same because he's just not kidding. He didn't have the arm strength to throw outside. And you see that with, you know, I, I think that's probably the strongest when you're talking about a pitcher versus a hitter in in major league baseball, because there's huge adjustments there, but you see it in all sports. And it, Purdy has that coming. They now have an off season of film of Purdy in Shanahan's offense. They're going to see what he did well and see the things that maybe he had a blind spot to, and they're going to come out and force him to go to those things that he wasn't as good at. And can he adjust? Can he limit his weaknesses, not make mistakes? You know, maybe they do uh, more things, uh, to do like double moves in order to try to trick him into throwing an interception, have a little bit more underneath coverage where it looks like a blitz is coming. And then the guy sinks instead into coverage, things like that, which we saw some clips. I think rich Madrid posted some of them. Uh, there are a couple times where that's what happened. And he almost threw an interception to a linebacker. The linebacker simply didn't catch it. It hit both his hands. So I, I will be interested to see if he can overcome that. And that's any quarterback that,
2: that adjustment and then hopeful readjustment happens whether it's purdy whether it's lance trevor lawrence it doesn't matter that's just the ebb and flow of your career and how it goes along steve young once said playing quarterback is all about what you can't do because teams are always going to push you into those things and you if you're going to be an elite player have to become good at those things and rise above it and we don't know that lance will and he's now he's got the additional elbow to overcome did you see the video that Stefania Bell put out of ESPN which we tweeted out from our handle at GS Podcasts on Twitter of like the actual she had a model of an elbow and it was like an actual model of what Brock's ligament would look like and where what the brace is and how it like is anchored into the bone and stuff it was actually really really cool the brace apparently is made out of something like Kevlar which is what they make bulletproof vests out of so it's pretty damn strong
3: yeah, actually, my brother-in-law just was wearing that same exact brace. It was a similar injury, but uh, different. But they gave him the same brace. He uh, <laughs> he fell playing soccer with my niece and tried to brace his arm and Ooh. ended up snapping his elbow. He broke his elbow. Uh, so different injury, but same area. And he had that same brace with the big metal, you know, ring right here that's holding everything together. And so, yeah, I'm actually know what that brace is and seen it.
2: No, no, you're thinking of like the, the external brace.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. The external brace that he that he was he's been wearing since surgery.
2: Right. You're the, talking about the
3: internal one.
2: Yes. Yeah. In oh. the video I'm talking about the one that's actually inside his elbow right now as we speak. Um and she kind of described it as a seatbelt for the ligament, which I think is really an interesting way to put it. Um
3: yeah I didn't see that video.
2: It's very cool. Why don't you follow at GS Podcasts on Twitter? Then you would have seen it. We tweeted it out. Maybe I have a job. Maybe you need to care about GS Podcasts a little bit more. How about that? All I'm saying, it's about priorities. Yeah, um, yeah. I just thought that was really cool. I'm paid
3: huge amounts of money to care. Let me tell you.
2: But I will increase your pay 100% if
3: you. Thank you. Yes, 100% of nothing. Yeah, I can't wait to tell my wife. She'll be so excited.
1: (laughs) 18 plus. Conditions 18 plus. The other
2: thing that I'm not happy with coming out of OTAs, and most of the reports have been pretty good, which is not uncommon for OTAs. There's a lot of hopium right now for everybody. And why not? If you can't be hopeful in Mar in May, then you don't have a lot to look forward to. But we got conflicting reports. And I texted you a picture, and it started with the kickers because I saw back to back tweets on my timeline where Matt Mayoko says Jake Moody and Zane Gonzalez both hit field goals of 33, 38, and 43 yards, both missed from 48. And then I see a tweet from David Lombardi who says Jake Moody nailed all of his field goal attempts at practice today. Now I'm not saying that Lombardi is deliberately lying to people. That is not what I'm
3: saying at all. What I'm saying is
2: sometimes you can miss things at practice because there's so much going on,
3: but the result. And you're like far, people don't understand that. Like, you can be 200 yards away from the field that it, something is happening on.
2: Right. Yeah. The Niners don't exactly always put you close up all the time. But the result, regardless of the reason why, is conflicting reports. And that is yeah. so frustrating for me as someone that lives in Connecticut. I need
3: to know what's going on. I <laughs> can't get it. Damn it. There was another conflict in the kicking. I don't think you saw oh, that. What was it. It? I read uh, Matt Barrow's uh, OTA report right when he posted it because i happened to be on twitter saw it, and it was like oh okay i'll read it he said that they missed kicks from 50 and then it later changed to
2: 48. <laughs> oh boy so
3: how did that change because it's literally like there's no film of it the niners well, might have film of it but it's not like they called and said hey you're off by two yards changing
2: right What well, that is that and then grant said that Jair brown looked very good and larry krueger who was also there as he lets everyone know said that Jair Brown did not look exceptional, did not look like anything special. Didn't necessarily say he was bad.
3: But again, I just want to know what to believe here, people. Help me out. You're not going to get any help. I mean, you, you can go look at, I think it was, I saw Cam Ammon, I saw Grant Cohn. And it was either Mayoko or Barrows. They broke down the quarterbacks and what they did. And yep. none of the three had the same stats. <laughs> they were all off in one way or another they're all minor changes one said 11 of 15 uh for lance one said 12 of 16 um one said that uh Allen was five for five two of them said he was seven for seven and none of them were like huge oh they really missed something here but yeah they, they were all like different number of throws and just a slight change there and it's like i get it it's it's hard. I'm guessing they had, because the Niners love to do that. They have the defense close and the offense far away. That's (laughs) what I've heard from reporters that are there. I think Grant has mentioned it multiple times, that a lot of times when they have like something that they know the media really wants to see or something that's true, like game installed during like actual training camp or something, something key to the season, it happens on the far field.
2: I can deal with hey, you've got Lance completing 12 passes, so-and-so has him completing 13 or 14, whatever. I can deal with that. I just want to know, generally, does this person look good or do they not look good? Because we couldn't even find that out for sure about Trey Lance last year, and we certainly had conflicting
3: reports about Brock Purdy last year. Dude, you can't even get that with games. (laughs) Was Jakarski Tart any good? You still have people that say, yeah, he was good. He just wasn't elite. No, the guy's unemployed. He obviously wasn't very good. You know, you have people argue all the time amongst different players on the team because some fans go, yeah, that guy's really good. And some people say, no, he's really bad. You even have content creators who truly break down film regularly, disagree with the evaluation of a player and will post the same videos (laughs) or same plays and say, see, and yet they have a different conclusion because I think part of it is, what you lean to towards going in and a confirmation bias. You're going to see what you want to see.
2: Very frustrating for me. Damn it.
3: Just tell me what to think. That's what I'm here for.
2: Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> right into that. I walked <laughs> right into it. You think I would have learned by now, but apparently not. Um, just to go over a quick few things. Um, I've heard that Ronnie Bell looks very good. Uh, I love hearing that basically everything that i've heard which is basically he doesn't wow you physically but he's always catching the damn ball i think that is exactly the type of receiver the 49ers need joan jennings is going to be a free agent after the year yes please ronnie bell come on down step right into that third down roll and let's just keep this train a moving
3: okay something you need to get on that soundboard over there is a sound to play when i'm about to be a wet blanket yes a sound alert would be a good idea because here it comes. I can't stop Debbie Downer. Uh, yeah, cool. Ronnie Bell's catching everything. We have seen plenty of players that the media all say, wow, that guy's really impressive. He's looked really good. And then they don't even make the team because Shanahan's looking at something else. I, I think actual, like, statistical, uh, you know, whether you catch it, whether you don't in practice, doesn't matter nearly as much. Are you doing the right things? Or are you in the right spot? Things like that matter so much more to Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't care about, you know, oh, this guy had seven catches and this guy only had two. Right. And to a degree, that's going to matter some, but I think Kyle Shanahan really does not care. So seeing a guy catch it all the time, maybe Kyle Shanahan has it designed for him to get to catch it and he knows he's going to be open every time because he's the decoy or he he's the guy that he wants to get the ball and everybody else is a decoy because he wants to see what they do on real routes and stuff. You know, you don't know what it is. I look for mistakes. I think those are a lot more valuable than great plays. You know, oh, this guy mossed somebody on a play. It doesn't matter because the likelihood of that happening in the game isn't very good. But if somebody is making a bunch of mistakes or consistently making mistakes, I think that translates a lot better.
2: So you're saying Ronnie Bell is the Trent Taylor Memorial training camp
3: hero. Uh, he he's the odds on favorite at this point.
2: <laughs> he very
3: well move on, be- uh, move on gray. You've been replaced.
2: How many times did we hear a Trent Taylor and Jimmy Garoppolo have really established Trent a Taylor's report
3: back. <laughs> it looks really
2: good. Although I I you got know what?
3: more mileage out of a halfway decent rookie season than anybody.
2: He's, he just signed the new deal with Cincinnati a little while ago. He's so he's a
3: NFL quality wide receiver. It was just everybody thought he was going to come in and be like a, I think like West a hunter West. Renfro, somebody that can have eighty right. catches in a in a short slot position.
2: He had six catches last year for sixty-two yards in sixteen games with the Bengals. Um but I was rooting for him in the Super Bowl. Like granted, I was rooting against the Rams because the Rams. But uh yeah, I was hoping that he would get a, a ring, but alas, he did not. Uh so he looked good, Ronnie Bell, that is, and Darrell Luter looked good too according to grant who that's exciting because adam peters after the draft basically said like this is a guy we think that can come in and be good right away and the 49ers desperately need help at corner so that would be a massive boost
3: yeah then somebody needs to develop there because it it's inevitable somebody gets your hurt at corner i mean getting exactly. all three to stay healthy all year is just not going to happen how serious of the injury who knows but you know, you're gonna have guy miss a game here or game there because corner is one of those that it's really hard to play when you're gimpy. You know, yeah. if you're gimpy, you're gonna get toasted. So <laughs> it's hard to play with like, oh, my hamstring's not hundred percent.
2: And you gotta have people that at the bare minimum are not liabilities, right? Brian Allen was a liability and he got exposed by Ryan Fitzpatrick again and again and again. The Niners pass rush is gonna be good enough to where all we need is average decent play in the secondary and that should be good enough most weeks and so if darrell luter can do that in year one that's a boost and i hope it carries over um again i know you're gonna poo poo everything but i was happy to see that that made me smile is that okay in may
3: yeah that's okay it, it's just not a oh wow this guy's so good we gotta steal you can't say that <laughs> yet.
2: yes i would agree with that i think that is 100 percent
0: fair
1: that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Was there anything else that Kyle said, or Lance, or Darnold, or Purdy, that jumped out at you? Because I feel like we mentioned that at the top and we got away from it. And I just want to mention, I would just want to make sure that we cover everything.
3: I don't think anything really jumped out. I mean, all three quarterbacks are very good at saying the right thing. You know, I would love to get their true, honest opinions because they know what they're doing. You know, it's different. They're better at it than Jimmy because Jimmy (laughs) was the I'm not going to say anything. And so then everybody knew he was just being, you know, disingenuous, disingenuous. Whereas these guys, they talk. But in the midst of them talking, they are saying the perfect PC, great thing to say.
1: He's looking f***ing now
3: So is that their true opinion or is that not? I don't know. Like Lance saying, I'm just here to compete. I guarantee deep down he's going, I want to f***ing start. Well, that's what I want him to say. <laughs> say it. <laughs> he won't. He's, he he won't. But I want him to. I wish he would. Yeah. See, I mean, it's human nature. Darnold should say the same thing. I want to effing start. Now, well, everybody should think that unless they're like a ten-year vet, like a Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels saying that in his tenth year is a little uh, not good. I mean, everybody knew he was a backup; he's never started. But everybody should be coming in thinking, "Hey, I'm good enough." And none of them say it. They all go, "Oh, I'm just here to compete." You know, you know. Lance even said Purdy is deserved deserves the shot because of what he did last season yeah he might believe that he deserves a shot but that doesn't mean that he doesn't believe that he shouldn't lose his job due to injury which is the thing
2: i hope he secretly believes put me on the field next to brock and i'll beat him out on the field i hope that's what trey lance believes if he doesn't believe that he's got no shot i hope that you know if deep down in places he doesn't talk about at parties he thinks i'm better than him i'll show it. i could run faster than him i could throw it farther than him i'm smarter than him he should think all of that about himself and if he doesn't that's a problem but he'll never reveal it even though i really really want him to
3: yeah i mean that's that's the best way to put it he's never gonna say it he's never he is definitely a very pc i know you talked to to him prior to uh, the draft before Mm -hmm. he was even a 49er and he you know he wasn't gonna say anything controversial the most controversial thing he said is that he likes ranch on pizza still (laughs) I'll never forgive him for that. Like, dude. Oh dude, my wife has gotten my kid addicted to ranch. You know what my, my kid does now? So my wife, North Dakota, ranches everything out there. It it's not a <laughs> condiment, it is a sauce. And <laughs> now my wife, she didn't push it on her, be like, ooh, ranch, ranch, ranch. But she definitely like gave her the option of ranch often. My kid now, when she gets like a ranch cup to dick dip her nuggets in or something like that. When she's done with the nuggets, even if she's like still has nuggets left, she's just full, she picks up the ranch cup and starts drinking it. Oh my god. Nobody ever pushed it on her. She does that on her own. She doesn't she she loves like sweet and sour sauce from mm-hmm. like McDonald's in the occasion that we get McDonald's chicken nuggets. She doesn't drink it when she's done with the nuggets. But she drinks. Only does ranch. that with ranch.
2: <laughs> that's the that's the echelon <laughs> that ranch has been elevated to. That's funny. I don't get the ranch fascination. I would never like
3: ranch. It's just, there are a lot of other things I would rather have ranch ranch on. There are certain things that ranch has to be it with, but like to me, like wings, don't put freaking ranch on my wings. I want to taste the sauce. If I wanted to taste ranch, I wouldn't get any sauce on my wing. I would just dip (laughs) it in ranch. You know, things like that drive me nuts, but like, I like ranch. I, I get ranch on a salad every once in a while. But like, if you're talking about, you know, chicken nuggets, you know, I want a, a good, strong honey mustard or, you know, a buffalo sauce sometimes or a barbecue sauce sometimes, you know, not ranch.
2: Yeah, I don't get that. If there is one condiment that you had to drink straight up, what would it be?
3: To drink? <laughs> yep. I mean, that that's a whole different ball game because, like, mustard would probably be the one that, like, if you're talking about simple condiment that you don't have to mix with other things. That I would never want to get rid of a hot sauce, I guess, in general, because I do put hot sauce on a good bit of things. Um, Like I'm somebody I have like six different hot sauces because different hot sauces go better with, you know, I have Cholula. I have the Louisiana. I have the Frank's Red Hot Sauce because they go good on things on, you know, different things they're better on. But uh, to drink, I'm not drinking hot sauce, you know. I'm not drinking mustard, even though I really like mustard. I'm not drinking horseradish, even though like one of my favorite things is to put horseradish on on stuff. So I would say probably barbecue sauce because I do like a good barbecue sauce and I could get by drinking it.
2: That's probably like the easiest one, I would say. That's a good choice by you. I will say I
3: don't care for like honey barbecues. I want a smoky molasses barbecue. And if anybody out there is from the Carolinas and says, Ooh, mustard barbecue off. That's not barbecue. (laughs) I lived in the Carolinas for a year and I hated that. I literally went and this like everybody around there, this was in Columbia, South Carolina. They're like, Oh, this is the greatest barbecue place to go. And we went and they literally didn't have a regular barbecue sauce. It was all mustard based barbecue. And that's not barbecue.
1: Hmm.
2: Never had a mustard based barbecue. I would be willing to give it a try. I don't know if I'll feel as passionate about it as you. If you have, let us know, leave it in your review in the comments, and maybe you could sway uh, sway me one way or the other. That's gonna do it for this edition of the show. Please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. You are
3: gonna read the second half of the review that you read with Vish, that you decided not to read? Cause I caught that. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes you do. I bet you do. You read a review with uh, Vish, and it was critical in the beginning.
2: Yes, it was. Then,
3: then he said, some nice things about me, but you left that part out. <laughs> he said,
2: Levin is pretty good. This is from Zerdin. Levin is pretty good. I'll watch every Thursday for him. But that Star Wars episode went off the rails. I loved the Star Wars. The Star Wars episode was fun, damn it.
3: It went to a galaxy far, far away. Okay. Not the same thing.
2: Two of those stupid jokes you did.
3: But yeah, yeah, you you left that part out with Vish, huh?
2: I did. did it, it wasn't relevant to the conversation.
3: <laughs> I had read that review, and it's like, oh, I bet that's the one that he's going to read on Thursday, when when we're recording. And then you read it with Vish, so I'm sitting there waiting on it, and then you cut it out.
2: Anytime I can disappoint you, I'm all for it. By the way, uh, the- once a week, for about an hour.
1: <laughs> Damn it, that's twice. As Damn
2: it. Um. The first part of the review said ever since I was hosting on ESPN radio that I've somehow changed. I have bad news for that reviewer, by the way. I will be on ESPN radio again this weekend, Saturday, from ten AM Eastern to three thirty PM Eastern with Darry Noka and Michelle Smallman.
3: I used to listen to Darry on my way to work, uh who is he on with? No, I'm forgetting who he was on with.
2: Yeah,
3: the Mel. Him and Mel show was on during like my hour commute when I lived in North Dakota. That's the show that was on uh on what was it saturday mornings that they were always yep. on
2: yeah so i used to produce that show at times so now it'll be fun to work with dari on the other side of the glass uh but there is more hosting on espn radio for me in the future which is awesome and i'm super excited about it so if you want to get a chance to hear me talk about things other than the 49ers does that make
3: you me. a disney princess i would love to be a <laughs> Disney princess.
2: all right you put me up there with moana and there hasn't moana.
3: been one from connecticut <laughs>
2: I don't think that would make for a very good movie. What's her biggest problem? She can't get insurance.
3: <laughs> Isn't there uh what is it? Uh, a Yankee in
2: King Arthur's court.
3: No, no, sorry. Something in Connecticut's a King in Connecticut. There's, there's a famous book that has, has Connecticut in the title. A
2: Yankee in King Arthur's court, I think
3: is what you're thinking of. Is he from Connecticut in the book? I... Is that what I'm thinking of? I There's something with Connecticut.
2: I've read like three books in my life, and most of them are in the background of my shot
3: mirror. It shows.
2: (laughs) (sighs) Good night, everybody. I hope you have a great week. Everybody except Levin. We'll see you.